section sixty eight of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume two chapter thirty four my soul sit thou a patient looker-on judge not the play before the play is done her plot has many changes every day speaks a new scene the last act crowns the play quarrels but there was no fairy awaiting her there to dry her tears and deck her from head to foot by a touch of her wand but a mere human though very expert waiting-maid lost in the maze of conjecture at her lady's non-appearance at this the most important crisis of the day in her estimation i have put out your black crape robe with bugles my lady began the important miss masham and your black satin and your pearls my lady and your pray don't tease me masham interrupted her lady in a fretful manner very foreign to her natural one my lady exclaimed the bewildered maid desire jordan to say that i beg the company may not wait for me i will join them at the second course and give me no matter what no not that odious velvet never let me see it again crape to be sure my lady is much more suitable now though satin you know my lady is the most properest demi chouchong the countess sighed as she threw herself upon a seat and allowed herself for the first time to be dressed according to miss masham's taste what a frightful head was the reward of masham's toils as her lady looked at herself in the glass then smote with the mortification she had inflicted she added but i believe tis because i look so cross don't i masham cross dear my lady that is such an idea as if your ladyship could ever be cross and your head my lady looks charmingly becoming but her lady demolished part of miss masham's work before she descended to the dining-room notwithstanding that miss pratt had instantly voted that lady rossville's message should be acted upon and loudly protested that it would be very ill-bred were they not to eat their dinner the same as if she were present when she had desired it yet colonel delmore as promptly decided otherwise and ordered the dinner to be taken downstairs again then quitting the room he repaired to the gallery through which he knew the countess must pass from her own apartment there to wait her appearance and lead her to dinner the old feud between pratt and him had lost nothing by absence and they had met with the same feelings of hostility as they had parted she had expressed in the loudest manner her astonishment at sight of him he was the very last person she had dreamt of seeing at rossville had figured him still at gibraltar with his regiment it was so long since he had been heard of and sometimes it was out of sight out of mind etc 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 on colonel delmore's part he in a contemptuous manner had congratulated miss pratt on having accepted an official situation in lady rossville's household which ensured her friends the enjoyment of her company 
at all times and at all seasons however unseasonable no sooner was his back turned than miss pratt and uncle adam began to lay their heads together for he had already become a new bond of union between them what do you think of this newcomer mr ramsay whispered she as she made up to him in the out-of-the-way corner where he usually sat uncle adam who scorned to whisper and indeed would not have whispered to have saved the capital only replied by an expressive grunt which was however sufficiently encouraging for his friend to proceed what do you think of his taking it upon him to order the dinner down again after lady rossville had sent to desire us to begin i'm sure i didn't care a pinhead for my part about the matter but i really thought it vastly impertinent in him of all people to say black or white in this house for between ourselves i can tell you he is no favourite in a certain quarter i didna wonder at it for he's a proud upsetting like puppy proud i only wish sir you had seen as much of his pride and impertinence as i've done i've just seen enough o't didna i see him boo to me as if he were the prince o wales that's exactly anthony white my nephew mr white of whitehall he says he can stand anything but colonel delmore's bow for that he bows to him as if he was his shoemaker a man that could buy and sell him and all his generation as for me i assure you i am thankful he gives me none of his civilities what's brought him here demanded uncle adam gradually winding up to the sticking point indeed sir that's more than i can tell you unless it's to try whether he can come better speed with the countess than he did with the heiress but there's little chance of that or i'm mistaken she has mare sense i hope that she has not but that i will always think she might have waited and looked about her a little for you know to use an old saying there's as good fish in the sea as e'er came out o't and she needn't have been in any hurry i see na good that comes a waiting said uncle adam with a sigh as he thought how he had waited in vain but i'm at a loss to understand why ye ca the fish for dinner think she's taen up wi' ony body that i've seen my dear mr ramsay is that possible i really would have given you credit for greater penetration i not to have found out what's been going on all this time and her eyes took the direction where lindsay sat reading or at least appearing to read for his thoughts were otherwise employed uncle adam shook his head no mr ramsay you know if you doubt that you may doubt anything even lady betty honest woman who seldom sees over her nose asked me t'other day if i did not think we were like to have a wedding soon in fact everything i believe was pretty much settled before poor lard rossville's death though whether he would have given his consent i can't pretend to say i only speak of what i know for a certainty mr ramsay still looked incredulous but what makes you doubt it sir there's nothing very unlikely in it to be sure as i said before edward lindsay's no match for her in point of fortune you know but she has plenty for both and he's a genteel elegant-looking creature 
and though i think his notions on some things a great deal too strict yet i know him to be an honourable fine creature as ever lived and she'll change him depend upon it she'll bring him round to her way of thinking before it's long weel weel we shall see time will show said mr ramsay still in that unconvinced manner which is infinitely more provoking than flat contradiction the old ram horned goose that he is thought she what can he know about these things then aloud see pon my word mr ramsay i think we've seen enough to satisfy anybody and heard too some of us for instance what would you say if it had so happened that i was so situated as to be actually obliged to hear without the slightest intention of listening but this between you and me her give our friend the colonel there his conge and at the same time acknowledge herself engaged to edward lindsay and that i heard with my own ears miss pratt had told this story so often that it had gradually grown upon her hands and was firmly impressed upon her own mind and she now told it with all the force of truth uncle adam was vanquished ye ken if ye did that there need be nay mare said about it but i widen the hay said that she was in love with him though i'll no say but i've sometimes thought there might be something on his side for her weel if it is say as ye say she might hae done better and she might hae done war but the warst o't is i dinna think there's muckle love on her side and uncle adam heaved a sigh of fond remembrance i'll tell you what mr ramsay loves a very different thing nowadays from what it was in our time preserve me i believe i would have sunk through the ground before i could have gone on as lady rossville does such a work as she makes with cousin lindsay this and cousin lindsay that and what's all this work about visiting the poor and building schoolrooms and such nonsense but to please him and yet she's a sweet modest-like creature too and for as easy as she is there's really nothing flirting in her manner neither but just look at that with a jog on the elbow to her ally as lady rossville entered followed by colonel delmore did you ever see such impudence to be hunting her in that manner poor soul she looks quite fluttered i really think she has been crying lady rossville was beginning to apologize for the delay she had occasioned when dinner was for the second time announced she motioned lady betty as usual to take the lead and looked at colonel delmore to offer his arm but with one of what uncle adam called his prince of wales's bows to edward lindsay he fell back and seized the countess's hand with a look of haughty triumph i hope you observe that manoeuvre whispered miss pratt bending towards uncle adam as they stodded along side by side but a full yard asunder for he would as soon have offered his head as his hand or even his arm upon these occasions for there's an old byword fan fires and forced love ne'er did wheel and some people will maybe not crack quite so cross by and by miss pratt's ideas were farther confirmed by lady rossville's manner at dinner for she observed she paid more attention to and seemed more at her ease with everybody than colonel delmore uncle adam likewise remarked this but he drew a different augury from it as he called to mind his own shamefacedness 
when lizzie lundy was in question he marked too edward lindsay's thoughtful melancholy expression so different from that of a favoured suitor and the more striking from being contrasted with his rival's gay exulting air and as he revolved all these things his mind misgave him even in spite of miss pratt's confidential assurances i could wager you anything you like you're mistaken about yon said he with a shake of his head to her done was promptly replied for next to a legacy miss pratt liked a wager what shall it be i could lay you a crown a crown with contempt i'll take you five guineas five guineas that's a wager indeed weel i dinna care though i do ah's no tint that's in hazard and uncle adam and miss pratt touched thumbs upon it i'm very curious to know what you and my uncle are laying not only your heads but your hands together about said the countess with a smile to miss pratt mr ramsay blushed up to the eyes at having been so detected but miss pratt nowise abashed answered with a significant look your ladyship has perhaps a better right to know than anybody else but there's a good time coming all's well that ends well even when a gentleman gives his left hand to a lady said colonel delmore i thought even miss pratt would scarcely have ventured on such a contract they say ill-doers are ill-dreaders colonel retorted his antagonist and for my part i would prefer an honest man's left hand to a ne'er-do-weel's right any day of all the year there's my thumb i'll ne'er beguile you was a favourite song in our day sir to uncle adam though it's maybe little too little in vogue now but we have not forgot it this was a random shot of miss pratt's but it had the effect of raising colonel delmore's colour as well as his anger though he prudently suppressed the latter for the present and dexterously managed to give the conversation a turn to scottish songs and from thence by an easy transition to italian music and poetry which gave him an opportunity of uttering and insinuating many a tender sentiment and at the same time put him completely beyond the reach of his enemy who had the command of no tongue but her own when the dessert was put upon the table the usual bustle announced the entrance of mrs st clair for an extraordinary eclat now attended all that lady's movements as she entered a room somewhat in the manner of a tragedy queen coming upon the stage and as she was really a fine-looking woman dressed highly and had a good portly air the effect was very successful she really looked what she evidently intended to represent the dowager countess colonel delmore rose and advanced to meet her with an air of empressement he was far from feeling but the hand he held out to her was not accepted and a distant inclination of the head was the only acknowledgment vouchsafed as she moved on to the seat he had vacated by lady rossville and took possession of it i presume i interfere with no one's rights in taking this chair which to me possesses the double attraction of being next my daughter and nearest the fire lady rossville blushed at this open display of her mother's hostility colonel delmore bit his lip to repress the scornful retort which was ready to burst forth miss pratt hemmed and gave uncle adam a jog on the elbow you look 
fatigued love addressing her daughter in a fondling manner you have done too much to-day why you must have been out at least three hours this morning mr lindsay i shall scarcely trust my daughter with you again i hope you ate something lady betty i hope you made a point of gertrude taking something good now come let me dress a little pine for you in the way you used to like it abroad and taking off her gloves and displaying her large round white arms all glittering in rings and bracelets she began to cut up a pineapple and show her skill in this refined branch of elegant cookery lady rossville felt this display of her mother's affection was merely with a view to deceive others as to the footing they were upon she could therefore only sit in silent endurance of it and mrs st clair continued to overwhelm her with endearing epithets and tormenting assiduities which she could neither repel nor return the party was too small to admit of tete-a-tetes and too dissimilar in all its parts to carry on anything of general conversation and the countess weary of the irksome and idle verbiage of the dinner-table rose early and retired to the drawing-room take you care of these two whispered miss pratt to uncle adam as she was leaving the room for i see a certain person's ready to fight with the wind no sooner had the ladies left the room than colonel delmore going to the already blazing fire began to stir it so violently that it roared and crackled and burned till uncle adam felt as though he should be roasted alive sitting in his own seat but colonel delmore uttering an ejaculation about cold rang the bell and ordered some mulled claret well spiced to be got ready immediately and placing himself before the fire he stood there humming an opera air and occasionally exciting the troublesome gambols of a large french poodle to whom he addressed a few words in its native tongue it will no be possible to live in a hoose with that puppy thought uncle adam and he began to meditate his retreat the following day but then as the thoughts of guy mannering came over him he staggered in his resolution leave it he could not to borrow it he would have been ashamed to abstract it never entered into his primitive imagination for in his day it had not been the fashion for ladies and gentlemen to take other people's books or to lose other people's books or in short to do any of the free and easy things that are the privilege of the present age true there were libraries in barnford but to have recourse to a circulating library to have it through the town that he was a novel reader there was distraction in the thought parish dumple and dandy dinmont dominie sampson and the whole host of them before he would stoop to such a measure but then not to see the end of that scoundrel glosson whom he could have hanged with his own hands only that hanging was too good for him ay there's the rub to be sure he might skip to the end but he never had skipped in his life and had such a thorough contempt for skippers that he would rather have burst in ignorance than have submitted to so degrading a mode of being relieved at one time during the dinner he had thoughts of sounding miss pratt as to the result but his courage failed him it was hazarding too much with a woman now he revolved whether he might not by going about the bush with mr lindsay extract the catastrophe from him but then he never had gone about the bush all his life and he was rather at a loss how to set about it now 
before he could make up his mind therefore the time came for adjourning to the drawing-room but instead of repairing there uncle adam stole away to his own apartment to try whether another chapter would not set the matter at rest End of section sixty eight